Welcome to Region Unlocked Season 2. That's a awesome intro that is here today. Let's talk about video games now. Okay. Welcome to the best podcast ever. That's ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, that was beautiful. All right, Cameron. that was some great improv to get us ready to go. I'm, I'm sure everyone oh, yeah, was super totally. impressed with our skills. Yeah, that, that took a lot of mental preparation, by the way, <laughs> so I really hope you appreciate our efforts there. And if not, I totally understand... But at last, I think we both got a good laugh out of it. What do you think, Cameron? Yeah, it was uh, laughable. Anyway. Oh. In the best way possible. Yeah. All right, Cameron, how is it going? Uh, things are pretty good. I have just finished my second full week of school back. Things have seemed to be going uh, safe enough. And, That's good. But it's it's really made me appreciate the weekends again. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm used to I've I've been home for five months before this, and so I yeah yeah I, I took him for granted. Now the end of the week hits, and it's like I do not get out of my chair. I live in WoW, twelve hours a yeah. day for Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. It's like oh, I should probably plan a lesson or two for tomorrow, but oh well. Oh shoot, man! I know that feeling all too well. The time <laughs> kind of creeps up on you. You know, during break time or a long break time, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll just do this later. Right. But as soon as that, you know, weekend hits, you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to get this done and I got to get this done and I got to savor every bit of free time that I have. Yep. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's that's rough. I feel you too, man. It's um, it's bad here too. I mean, not bad, but, you, you know. Um, busy. Yeah, we just, uh, yeah, busy, definitely. We just got done with our first week back from summer break and here in Japan that's a one week long so a little that's, bit different over here that stinks <laughs> yeah it's it's a bit different having year round schooling but oh well you take what you can get yeah and of course th- there is an element of vacation just living here and kind of experiencing all the the culture and stuff like that yeah that's a good point that's, that's pretty fun so yeah um, i'm feeling that too but um this is a nice bit of break time for me. So, yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I know you sent me a picture of you in a very special orange GameCube you got. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, the orange GameCube um, or the picture, the one where I was like, you know, you know, totally <laughs> yes, I, I want to cool. know everything <laughs> about the picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was okay. a JPEG format, and uh, no, no, no. Uh, so I went to another Super Potato location, which was less than a mile walk from the first one that I went to. Oh, really? And it was like three times bigger. And I visited several other used game stores in downtown Osaka uh, that one time. And oh my gosh, I was almost... I mean, okay, I'm not going to say I was almost. I felt so overwhelmed by all the stuff that I found. Yeah. Um, Like all the stuff that we only hear about. For instance, 
I saw multiple orange game cubes for sale, just like inexpensive ones for like uh, thirty U.S. dollars, thirty oh, to fifty U.S. dollars. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And it's just because they were pre-owned, and some of them didn't come with the correct cables. But you know, stuff like that. But anyway, the store that I went to to get this orange GameCube also had um, Dobutsu no Mori, which is the first Animal Crossing or Animal Forest in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got that too. That was um, about twenty bucks or about two thousand yen. Now so, that's on N sixty four, right? Yeah, that's on N sixty four. So interesting. Uh, can't wait to eventually talk about that. But the cool part was, and get this, I got to play a virtual boy. Oh, no way. Yeah, a virtual boy. Like, it, those are systems we only heard about that never sold well. And you, you, uh, you can't really find them anywhere. But they had this one out on display, a really nice one. And you could just pick it up and play. And it's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's like a VR headset, but with you know, almost LCD looking nineties graphics that, right. um, that are kind of 3d, almost reminiscent of like the 3ds or something. So it was, it was more of a, like, like a, uh, like a flexing tool, but almost like a way to show off this 3d technology more than anything. Like it was just more of a, Oh, cool. But so would you say that overall, like you were impressed with it or were you like, Oh, I see why this failed. Both. Okay. I was impressed with the technology. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool for the time. Yeah. And uh, of course, I thought it was cool because it was, you know, a, you know, a neat piece of history that none of us sure. ever get to, to see. But I also see like why it wouldn't be very fun to play for hours at a time because you have to stick your head up to this like peripheral. Uh-huh. And I could see where that would give you like neck pain or something like that if it's not the perfect height or anything. Right. So I can see why it failed, but on that same token, it was really cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I also got the hold of Super Scope. Oh. Those are those are cool accessories. Those only exist in Super Smash Brothers, I thought. I know. I tried like <laughs> shooting with it, but they told me to get out of the store. No, oh my joking. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was cool. And there were also um like hundreds and hundreds of stacks of different uh, systems just in, on shelves, like, almost like a warehouse style. Um, wow! And you could go and buy one for anywhere from three dollars to like thirty dollars. They were just—they didn't come with cables. Some of them needed repairing, but okay. it was just—it was like wholesale. So you could get any system you wanted for wow. for just a cheap price, just for just for fun. If you want to fix it up, or if you want to have a system. <laughs> so huh. anyway, that was that was my trip. So, did you get any GameCube games for your Orange Cube? I, I didn't, because the only one that I was looking for was Wind Waker. They and alas, it? it was not available. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'll find it soon, though. Sooner or later, who knows? Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, you'll find that. And it'll be very exciting yeah. for you to play. Yes, that's the only game I've been looking for, Wind Waker, but I've not found it yet. So in the meantime, it's just been a constant stream of getting on Animal Crossing every morning. Probably very <laughs> similarly to what you do. Gather your resources, talk to your villagers, sell your fossils, that Actually, good stuff, right? I've missed quite a few <laughs> days this week. I, oh, really? Yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm sick of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, all, all yeah. I do when I get on is see who's visiting. It's like, oh, it's not red because he's the only one I care about because I need paintings and then Same. <laughs> I check I check what's in the shop and then 
log off. I don't even look for fossils. Don't talk to villagers. Just just waiting for the next month to catch new fish and bugs, and that's it. Mm, understandable. That's tough. There, there does get to be a point where your bells are like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, I've got 400,000 sitting around, whatever. <laughs> Dude, that's poor, man. I got like 5 that's million poor. in the bank. Oh, man. Okay, anyway, this is an Animal Crossing chat. We talk about it too much. So, uh, Jake, Let's cross that bridge. Let's cross it off our list. <laughs> Jake, what are we, we going to talk about today? Today, we're talking about the one, the only, Super Mario Sunshine. Woohoo! Click. Yeah, woohoo! Jumps up and hits the little block with your save file in it. Yes. I think that was a Super good Mario representation. Yeah, yeah, Super Mario I th- I think Sunshine. You captured my imagination. Today we're going to talk about Super Mario Sunshine, the awesome game that I know you have some fond memories with, as Heck I yeah. do as well. So, yeah, Cameron, uh, talk to me about Super Mario Sunshine. What, what comes to mind when you first think of this game? When I think of this game, I just it fills me with joy. Hmm. It's so just colorful and happy and... I mean, that that pretty much sums it up. It's colorful and happy, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's one of the best-looking games on the GameCube. Has these awesome water physics, and they just, it looks so pretty, and it's just like, I want to be on Isle Delfino. I want to be in Delfino Plaza. And just Mm. that that music coming in, and Uh it's it's just so good. Would you say it's like a ray of sunshine? Yes. <laughs> I, I can never think of a, a snappy response to your puns. <laughs> I just had to sneak that one in. I'm sorry. It was really bad. It's all no, right. no. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, what I remember about this game is pretty darn similar. It's almost like a tropical paradise. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. And heck, that's the premise of the game. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But um, yeah, Super Mario Sunshine. It, it feels like it really, I know we've been saying stuff like this a lot, but it feels like it brought Mario into the new generation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that's what happened from his trans, like his, from his um, transformation from, you know, side scrolling to 3D. But like you said, it had new effects, it had new graphics, it had new style. So yeah. it was just a new milestone for Mario, I guess. Yeah, it's so bright. This game is so darn bright, and it's so darn chipper. Like, all the music, it's all exciting, it's all happy, which makes the, I guess, the negative side to that, the bad guys offset that that mood really well, I suppose. Yeah. So, But that's how I feel about it, too. Pretty darn similar. Okay. Yeah, so Super Mario Sunshine. This was, uh, it was intended to be the original launch title for the GameCube. Is that correct? That's what you've told me. I've never actually read or heard that before. Okay. But I was surprised how soon it actually did come out. After It came yeah. out just eight months after the GameCube's release. So that was July 19th, 2002. And okay. I didn't realize that. I thought it came out much later, but okay. within the same year, pretty much. All right. All right. Interesting. Yeah, I did, I did some research about whether or not this was supposed to be the intended launch title. And unfortunately, I've not found anything concrete. 
Like I've found oh. stuff that says that might hit that, but I've not found anything concrete. Uh, listeners, if you know any facts or any information, tell us, email us about whether or not that was the original intention. Um, and we can correct it later, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my research has not brought up anything except, um, I guess hearsay, I suppose. <laughs> okay. But anyway, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, it was released in Japan on July 19th, 2002, and in North America on August 26th, 2002. But I did not get it until um, that December during Christmas time. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, you had it sooner than that. I don't remember, actually, when I got this game. Okay. Because, again, All right. I, don't, I don't remember when I paid full money for games. Okay. I only remember like trading for them and then getting them for Christmas. So I I feel like I probably got it for Christmas, but it doesn't uh, matter too much. <laughs> the listeners yeah. are like, who cares when you got your game? Tell us about the game. Uh, some more facts for everyone. <laughs> I'm just going to push up my glasses here. Uh, All right, nerd. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, <laughs> anyway, this game takes place on Isle Delphine. Uh, Delphine. Delphine. Delphoon. Oh, gosh. Foon. Uh, yeah, it takes place on Isle Delfino, which is different than the Mushroom Kingdom that yeah. we're all used to. So it takes place with Mario and Peach and Toadsworth and several of the Toads, which, oh, by the way, here's a slight deviation. In, in Japanese, the Toads are known as uh, Kinopio. Kinopio? Kinopio. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Does that mean something? In, no, but when I draw, to? I actually have no clue. But when I draw a toad on the board, like when I'm drawing Mario for the class, they're like, "Oh, Kinopio." So that's <laughs> that's how I learned it. Anyway, okay. yeah, traveling with the um, the toads to Isle Delfino uh, for a vacation, and it makes you seem, and it makes it seem like everything's great because the the game itself starts out with. Um, a like a travel video that showcases all the great stuff but lo and yeah. behold of course there has to be a wrench thrown in the cogs guess who's there to make things horrible uh mario yeah mario except it's not that's are you sure thing. it looks just like him i know as as does everyone else on the island thinks um <laughs> it looks just like him but it's not so this uh, translucent, sludgy, blue Mario, that's the exact same size as Mario, is apparently causing havoc. He's running around putting sludge all over the, the place and using this magic paintbrush to um, make everything nasty and not so bright and clean anymore. So as right. soon as Mario lands uh, in Isle Delfino, naturally he's arrested because he looks just like this other Mario. No, he doesn't! <laughs> <laughs> But just because he has the same shape, people think right. that he's the bad guy. So that's that's quite sad. But Mario gets arrested. And uh, what happens is the people of Delfino say, all right, now you have to stay here, but we're going to give you this, uh, this, this device to, so that you have to clean up the island. You have to clean up this whole mess that you made. All right. So you have to traverse the entire island and use this uh, mechanism called flood which is like this water pump that fits on your back like a backpack and it has its own personality and it talks and everything mm -hmm. and you get to spray water at everything, right? So you clean up the island and that's the premise of this game, cleaning the island, basically. 
Yeah. Would you say it's a little bit different? But it, it's basically cleaning the island, right? Yeah, it's super weird. Like, <laughs> so all the pollution has scared away the shine sprites, which are hmm. the superstars in this game. Yes. And as you clean up the island, you earn those back. Hmm. And fl- you work with flood. And this is just such a weird, unique concept. And I, I love that Nintendo does this, that they, mm-hmm. they really experiment with stuff. Like, they could have just made a straight-up sequel to Mario 64, mm-hmm. uh, just a normal Mario platformer. Yeah, And I think, th- at the time, I think that's what people wanted. And when they yeah. saw this, they were kind of like, what? Oh, yeah. What is, what is this? And I see. It, it is weird. It's like, let's make a Mario game about cleaning up sludge yeah, with a water yeah. pack. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it works really well. And mm-hmm. being able to, to swap the nozzles back and forth and use it as a jetpack and change the way you platform is, mm-hmm. is just great. And it's super iconic now because of all of that. Yeah. I would agree. It, it plays out a lot better than it sounds initially. Yeah. Because it sounds initially like, this is too weird. This is too new. This is too different. But... I mean, it's it's Mario. It's it's yeah. kind of the same concept, platforming with a with a super twist, with a super Mario twist. Ooh. So yeah. then let's talk about that 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 uniqueness. How do you feel that this like compares to other mainline Super Mario games? Well, I think it holds up really well. Looking back, it holds up well in uh, in terms of I guess ingenuity, new okay. concepts. But I don't think it feels as revolutionary as the as as the um transformation from uh 8-bit platforming up to the 3d super mario 64 it doesn't feel that intense sure but it's still cool and it holds up because of that it holds up because of its of its ingenuity it's it's unique take on platforming it's you know different style Mm -hmm. um that that's what i feel how about you well, so, yeah, like you're saying, it wasn't this masterful leap forward, but, like, again, it's the controls are tight. It still holds up very well today. Uh, it's mm-hmm. one of the few GameCube games that, like, made the fact that the triggers are, like, pressure sensitive and mm-hmm. click all the way down. That it was, like, mm. the only one that made that as a mechanic. So, like, if you just, oh. like, halfway hold the trigger down, you can run and spray. But if you push it all the way down, you stop, and then you can aim where you spray. Oh. But, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, what was I going to say? You were going to talk about the reason why it's different. <laughs> okay, it's... well, so, yeah, so let's look at, at all the games. So, mm. the way I see it, really we have, like, four mainline, like, 3D games. 64. Mm-hmm. Sunshine, the Galaxy games, mm-hmm. and Odyssey. And oh, yeah. each yeah. one, sure, like Super Mario 64, that's the baseline. But then mm-hmm. each one did things so uniquely. They took just the base mm-hmm. of Mario 64 and then just put these weird twists on it that mm-hmm. you just, that no one, no one expected at all. And so, yeah. yeah, Mario Sunshine introduced flood and cleaning. And I'd say arguably has one of the best hub worlds out of all four of these games. Yeah. I, just, I love Isle Delfino or yeah. Delfino Plaza. And yeah. then if we look at like Galaxy, Galaxy, I loved. 
but I only played it like I played the crap out of it the weekend I bought it and beat uh-huh. it that weekend and I've not touched it since then which is huh. kind of bad in its own right but it had a really boring hub world for one it's just the just this big ship in the sky oh. uh, that you just kind of run around from door to door it's not that great and then Mario Odyssey on Switch is awesome i love that game and i have played Mm -hmm. that one more than once but that one has no hub world and it makes me so angry it's like why didn't you give this a hub world instead you just like (laughs) choose the level on a map um but but there too they they implemented a a big new mechanic with the hat and how you possess and can use the hat for platforming mario galaxy completely changed the way we platform with uh gravity and anti-gravity and um using motion controls to pick up items and shoot through stars. And it's uh-huh. so hard to look at these four games and be like, this is the best one because mm-hmm. they're all so unique. Hmm. Okay. That's a, that's an interesting take. I like that. It's Thank just, you. they're, they're just all so different from each other. Yeah. That's what makes and, them good in their own right. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's awesome that Nintendo does that because I feel like honestly that's that's such a scary risk to take mm-hmm. all these games and change them from what what we know works. Super yeah. Mario sixty four, and mm. I I think people no can't I canceled that thought. It's just awesome that it that it all went so smoothly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've really not played many of the new new uh, Mario games. I know I should, but yeah, I, guess I can't believe you still haven't played Odyssey. It's it's bad. You, you've just played it over here when you were visiting yeah. at one point, but at at one point, yeah. It, so it's 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 bad of me that I haven't really touched those or spent too much time with them, but. I trust that your recommendation is quite on point. <laughs> it is. It um, is. So uh, to back up for a second, uh, listeners, uh-huh. if you don't know, which I'm going to assume most of you probably maybe know uh, what a hub world is. Um, <laughs> yeah, a hub world is like a main, um, just kind of a commons area where you can select the different levels that have the goals in them that you want to um, accomplish to beat the game. Like a hub world right. doesn't have any bad guys typically. Um, is that a good kind of analysis of what a hub world yeah. is or description? Yeah. Yeah. So a place where you can kind of go to rest. And find some secrets. And find some secrets. Very true. And Super Mario Sunshine's hub world is quite interactive. It feels like you're in just a uh, regular bustling plaza. That's, well, it's sure. Delfino Plaza. But it feels yeah. like you're just walking around during a part of everyday life for people while you go and find the different portals to the different levels. So I like it too, for that reason, it's just fun to run around and with flood, you can jump and go crazy and fly all over the place. There's so much to explore because of it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's pretty awesome, but uh, let's talk about flood and the relation to, Save Mario. Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Mario, this is a shine sprite. <laughs> That's how Flood talks, if you didn't pick up on that yet, folks. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, let, Flood... Let's assume they've played it. But anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah. So, Flood is... It, it, Flood is sentient, all right? Flood has this personality and talks to you. 
So it becomes a character in its own right. And it was made by Gad Industries. Oh, man. I got some yeah. theories. Or one theory. Theories? Oh, this, this sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. So Professor E. Gad from, does anyone remember? <gasps> Luigi's Mansion. What? Zuku Zuku. Yabba Yabba. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's how he talks. So, um, Professor Egad also made the main uh, tool that you use in Luigi's Mansion, which is the Poltergeist 3000. Yep. So, these two games have a strong presence from him. And he also makes the stinking paintbrush that Bowser Jr. uses to pollute the whole island. So, it's yeah. like, this guy is, you know, selling arms to all parties here. It's terrible. It is. He's... Okay, so here's here's my theory. It's just... Okay. Egad, uh, I, we covered it a bit last week with Luigi's Mansion. Like, I think he's the actual villain. He's just, like, manipulating people for his own gain or, or his own entertainment, not even for gain. He, in Luigi's Mansion, he had all the ghosts. I think he let the ghosts go because how'd they Ooh. get out? Boo didn't let him out. Boo was captured in that cell. Oh, he yeah. let the ghosts out. He gives you the method to clean them back up just so he can watch and enjoy the show. And then here in Super Mario Sunshine, um, he gives Bowser Jr. The, the evil paintbrush to wreck everything. And then you said earlier that they, uh, the townsfolk give you Flood. But Flood is actually waiting for you at the airport when you show up at the beginning of the game. So it's just oh, like right. he is, he's planned this whole thing out. Just he's lured Mario here, just like he lured Luigi to the mansion, just to watch this mess that he made. Oh my gosh! Whoa. Okay, yeah. this is this is deep. Hey, if we're talking <laughs> canon stuff here, canonical stuff, like oh my gosh, and maybe that would explain why he's not been seen in subsequent Mario games because he's become he's, too political. He's, he's become just too pulling the up. strings. Yeah, he, he's 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 in the sidelines <laughs> manipulating everything. Maybe he's in charge oh of the God. Mario Kart franchise. That must be he yeah, creates he's the all owner. the carts. He's the owner. <laughs> well, uh, what does his name mean? Egad. It's just like an expression of what? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Whoa, man, that that is that is really deep. I like that theory though. So, Professor yeah. Egad, strange character, but alas, he's memorable nonetheless. Or nonetheless. Um, I should say his uh, his peripherals are more memorable. His tools that he sells you, not sells, right. but gives you somehow. All right. So after you are able to clean up the messes and get all these shine sprites, well, it gets really bright, right? Um, yes. And pretty soon, everything that was once covered by like overcast clouds is now bright again. Like the sun is out, the sun is shining, and um, there, there's a really cool thing that you can do. Uh, you talk to this guy who sells, uh, or he he gives you these uh, shades and mm -hmm. like a cool tropical T-shirt when it gets bright enough, and you can change your look basically, which is kind of cool after you've gotten all these uh, shine sprites. Um, do you remember that little detail, Cameron? Yeah, and I thought it was really cool because still, this was in a time where I guess secondary skins, quote unquote, uh, skins mm -hmm. that that was not common. So it was oh, just yeah. cool to like to be wearing a different outfit in this game to uh -huh. have your your 
it was it was like a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses. That's exactly what it was. Right. Yeah. It, it's cool. You're right. It's it's neat having this cosmetic option. I just wish that you could choose to not have everything get dim when yeah. <laughs> you put the sunglasses on. Because as soon as you do, everything just becomes like dark again. Like, yeah, right. I get it. Sunglasses, that's what happens. But still, it's nice to see things bright. Yeah. Oh, well. What should we talk about next? Uh, I think we should talk a little bit more about maybe some things in this game that we found or were really interesting. Like stuff that made us go, oh my gosh, whether it was good or bad. Um, Okay. This game did present a few new challenges to gamers, I think, that no one was really, I suppose, uh, ready for because like no one what? had used this mechanic yet. Well, sure. if, well, you know, like in, you've, you've got this uh, water pack that you're flying around and, and spraying things with, but like how many games prior to this had that? So uh, like, um, so, so what I mean is um, a lot of the bosses and stuff require you to y- y- spray them. Okay. Sure. And so you have to stop and like aim it just right or run around and click buttons at the same time while you're flying around. Mario's not doing any attacking. It's all flood. So that made some of the challenges, for me at least, very difficult. And some of the boss battles really difficult. But still cool nonetheless. Don't get yeah. me wrong. So Cameron, can you think of any points where you just you felt like you got stuck, I think? Because oh. it was just so tough. <laughs> this game yeah, had a lot absolutely. for me. So I think what most people will say is there are portions in this game where you'll go into like a cave or a secret you find Mm -hmm. and Bowser Jr. flies by and swipes flood off your back. And so then you have to do these incredibly tough platforming sections without hovering. And this whole game, we've just been conditioned to like, eh, it's okay if you don't nail your jump, you can hover. Uh, Don't like, you don't need to be precise. You can, you can save yourself. And then to have to go into these levels and uh, I guess, well, what's the... Well, it almost reverts it to traditional Mario back in Super Mario 64. Yeah, but it's like it would almost be easier in Mario 64 because you were used to it for the whole game. But to be used to it and then have it taken away, uh, it just like you misjudge all your jumps. You're just, you're used to hanging in the air so much longer uh-huh. They they are hard, and on top of that, just to to kind of rub it in, but also I mm-hmm. love it. It has this uh, acapella version of the Mario <laughs> like theme song playing in the background this whole time, and do, so do, it's do, like do, no matter do, how do. angry you are, it's also cheerful at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost facetious. Like <laughs> you're gonna fall to your death. Let us sing. <laughs> All chipper like the Super Mario theme. Do 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 do. Wow! Lost another life. The good thing about those levels is you would often be able to find at least a life somewhere. So if you kept getting that spot and failing, you were good. True. True. But do, do you remember those life mushrooms that would like run away from you if well, you tried to? That's pretty common, right? Yeah, in but... Mario games. <laughs> in those levels, it was really tough because you'd have such a small area to step on. Right. Um, 
So I'm gonna pause for just a second. My uh, chair and my mic are making noise. Okay. Anyway, back to back to what we were talking about. You're right. I can echo everything that you just said about those levels and then when you get to do them when you get to do them later if you want to collect say blue coins or anything like that you can uh use flood it's just the first time that you are supposed to do them you're not allowed to use flood to get that first shine sprite so Ooh, i did that not realize it, that yeah it makes it a lot a lot easier oh my gosh but <laughs> uh blue coins i guess that's a good segue blue coins cameron do you want to tell us about what you can do with the blue coins in this game uh sure so there's blue coins kind of scattered out around the levels hidden you know just like the shine sprites kind of mm-hmm. um previously in mario 64 a blue coin was just a, a coin that was worth five mm-hmm. but in this case they're more of a, a secret collectible and i believe hmm. for every 10 does that sound right every uh, 10 yes. blue coins every 10 you can trade them into the Tanukis and Delfino Plaza hmm. and for a Shine Sprite. So in order yeah. to 100% the game, you also need to make sure to get all of those blue coins. Okay. So like a nice currency, in-game currency. Yeah. But they are hard to find. They're, well, I shouldn't say hard. They're a little bit more challenging to find for that reason. Right. So like you'd have to, there, there were occasionally birds that would fly in the sky that you'd spray that were blue. And if you sprayed oh, them... Yeah. I guess, I don't know, it's kind of dark. I guess, I don't know if it would kill them, but they would turn into a blue coin. <laughs> and, mm. Yeah, you'd sell them to the Tanukis. And Tanuki, by the way, in Japanese means raccoon. So, the raccoons. Is it? Is it a mm. raccoon? I thought it was more of a mythological raccoon. Uh, it, it is. It is. Okay. Uh, similarly to uh, Kitsune, which is uh, Japanese for fox, but there's also like mythological foxes in Japanese folklore. Um, okay. So the tanuki is technically a slightly separate animal. That's what I thought. I believe it's the same as raccoon. Similarly to like a wolf and a dog kind of thing. But it's like a fictionalized raccoon, right? Like a tanuki isn't actually real, is it? Uh, They are real. There's an animal called a tanuki that's that's real. That looks like a um, raccoon. Uh, But there are also fictionalized versions of them. They're they're known to be like cunning creatures in mythology yeah so. so i just i just googled it and it's like a it's called a japanese raccoon dog it's like a mm. hybrid between it a is. raccoon and a dog how weird yeah it, it's kind of its own animal but i saw one for real in tokyo uh, i was walking back home one night it was it was quite dark and there was no one out um and one just walked across the road and i thought to myself <laughs> that's a that's a tanuki why is there a tanuki there <laughs> mythological oh, beings weird. so they do exist yeah i just look at these pictures they're so familiar yet unique and they're adorable <laughs> they are they look very cute anyway uh this yeah. is not tanuki talk continue on no more tanuki talk well there is tanuki mario but that's another thing that's a different game yeah so <laughs> going back to some of the difficult parts of uh of this game so many parts of this game were really difficult for me and to this day i've not beaten it a hundred percent like i have most of my other mario games okay so 
that comes down to the difficulty. And I don't know what about this game I found so tough, but there are parts that I still can't get by to this day. Namely, one of them, you can probably remember this too, I think, was the pachinko machine, that giant pinball machine um, yeah. game. Oh my gosh. Like, that is, to this day, impossible. I cannot beat it, even with Flood. Do you remember yeah. that level? Yeah, because I remember, so, uh, side, quick side story, I pointlessly mm. sold this game at a garage sale for $10 when I was done with it. Uh, then I never played it for a long time, and then not too long ago before you left, you came with me to a used game store, and I found it, bought it again for 60 bucks. It's like, gosh dang it, this is more than it was when I bought it for real. <laughs> but anyway, so you and I started playing through it again when you were staying over on the weekends, mm. and... I remember us trying to do that again yeah. at uh, Pachinko level, and yeah. I didn't even want to touch it. I was just like, no, this this is stupid. I'm not even going to try. So I watched you try for a while, and I don't think you ever quite got it, but nope. it's it's pretty infamous across the internet of just being like one of the worst designed mini games of all time, uh-huh. just because it has terrible, terrible camera angles, yeah, and basically you can really easily accidentally fall from the sky and just have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. There's so much I could say about that level that I don't want to, but it, <laughs> it's awful folks. If you've ever encountered this level, tell us your horrible experiences with it or just <laughs> bad experiences in general or good ones. But I, I cannot say enough crazy things about this level. It does not work. It is broken. It even feels glitchy, but alas. Yeah, well, especially because the camera is so hard to finagle around this level that it you're sometimes like, you can't get it to spin around the wall, but you're on the other side of the wall, so you can only see like your silhouette through it, yeah. and it's, uh, it's garbage. Yeah. However, Oof. Uh, but speaking of, of those type of levels, so that's like one of those hidden levels in Isle Delfino, mm -hmm. and I love the music in these levels. Oh and yeah, it's, uh, you can you can hear it playing right now, and yeah, it's just so calming and peaceful, and I just love how unique and incredibly well made Mario game music is. Like yeah. each each Mario game has a very distinct musical style. Uh huh. And ugh, this game it just nails it. Koji Kondo, he's he is a beautiful genius he really is he, he knows how to make video games sound like cinematic sure in a way like it really evoke the emotions of the audience member and yeah. all this all the all the songs are different styles too like in each game most of the songs are all done in different genres and styles which really kind yeah. of stirs the emotions too it makes it, it really makes your emotions jump all over the place so it's got this cinematic feel to it. And on top of that, a lot of them are done like with full live orchestras, I think. Yeah. So yeah, that song especially, the song for <laughs> the, um, some of those terrible mini games when you're in the sky is just so, oh, it, it evokes so many feels. The, the one time yeah. that really comes to mind for me is when you're, <laughs> when you hatch the giant sandbird. Yeah, I was going to say out. the same thing. Oh gosh, man. Like that level is so tough, but when you're riding that sandbird through the sky and you're listening to that music and you hear its loud cause, 
Oh man, right in the fields, you know? Yeah, it's just so peaceful and calming. And at the same time, you're getting really angry because you keep falling off this dang bird every time it does a, it banks an ankle and you have to go up <laughs> yeah. on its side on this one I, square foot of sand. Oh man. I want to be angry, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm crying tears of joy, I promise. Right. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just go with that. I know we've been talking about difficult levels and stuff about this game that's really challenging, but some of those challenges, I'd say, are kind of fun in a way. Wouldn't you agree? Some yeah, of them? I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with being challenged and the dopamine you get from finally succeeding at those challenges. Yeah. And yeah, and this game, it has a, a good mix. And I'll say, I'm just like you, I never 100%ed it. All I've ever done is get the amount and the enough get the correct amount of sprites to be able to go beat bowser yeah i gotcha can we can we talk about that next about bowser bowser yes absolutely all right wait go ahead and lead us into this awesome spiel here okay so the story in a nutshell uh it's revealed that this haunting silhouette mario is actually bowser jr he kidnaps peach because bowser told him that peach is actually his mom and his mom (laughs) was kidnapped by mario and again it's like what is this bowser peach relationship it is so weird it's like does he want to conquer the kingdom no he wants to marry peach that's literally the plot of super mario odyssey is he wants to get married to her and just like so what, is, what is going on this is inappropriate all this kidnapping been a mess for over 30 years anyway and <laughs> so you track you keep tracking him down you finally end up on uh corona mountain which as we know with corona it's a very bad place to be mm. and uh you get to the end of that level and you come to this giant hot tub floating in the sky why, why is this in the sky but <laughs> because it's mario <laughs> <laughs> this hot tub filled with green sludge bowser bowser jr there and peach is floating on like a rubber ducky or something <laughs> and uh, so one thing we completely forgot to mention is that this game is the first and only mario game that is fully uh voice acted in english and oh yeah wow and a fun weird thing about that it's fully dubbed it's fully done in english in all versions of this game so even in the japanese version it's english but with japanese subtitles huh interesting on top of all that the voice acting is awful it is laughable (laughs) in this game how it ridiculous is. the voice acting is but bowser is probably the worst bowser's it's like what is this is this the same scary guy that we've been facing all these years or is this mr krabs it, it sounds a lot like mr krabs you're not wrong oh my gosh so true and he's like 50 feet tall in this game oh yeah he's he's massive makes no sense the first line he speaks, ar har har, the water's great, isn't it, Junior? Or something <laughs> stupid like that. Like, yeah, his yeah. voice does not match his, uh, his persona. Anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll put some in right here so everyone can listen and laugh. <laughs> the water's great, hey, Junior? Sure is, Papa. Come on in, Mama Peach. Uh, I think not. Mario! You again? Don't you ever give up? Mario! How dare you disturb my family vacation? <laughs> So there, there you go, everyone. There's the, the terrible voice acting of this game. But, you know, it adds to the charm. Yeah, I suppose. It, it adds to the whole, <laughs> you know, dark yet goofy and childish charm of the Mario universe, which is <laughs> what it's known for. Also, the voice acting in this game is also, I don't think it's very well mixed because sometimes it's hard to understand what people are saying because they talk over each other. You're right. They talk over each other, and sometimes uh, it'll be too quiet, and the music will be too loud. I Uh think especially with some of the Toadsworth lines, his is too quiet. And yeah, that was one Mm -hmm. of the things I read. It was like, this game had terrible audio mixing. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Maybe they're just trying to make it too realistic. You know, like, oh, music's playing. (laughs) But (laughs) They're trying to do something good for the next gen and have voice acting. Which is funny because they still haven't quite got it down because I'd say the voice acting in Breath of the Wild is pretty laughable too. <laughs> you mean you mean the sound acting? Uh, uh, oh. No, that's not Links. All the champions they have voice acting. <laughs> oh yeah, the champions. You're, you're like in the cutscenes. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all I can think about with that game is just all the goofy noises people make when you talk to them. <laughs> but alas, okay, anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, all right this so, game giant giant pointless hot tub in the sky filled with green sludge you wreck <laughs> the hot tub they all you all go falling out of the sky and uh as you land flood doesn't look like he's made it mm. and it looks like mario is like crying over flood which is pretty sad it's like the closest relationship he's really ever had in in a mario game yeah you're and right it's, you go on to have a big party and then the toads walk up holding flood he's okay and he says yay now it's time for this vacation to get rocking or something like that <laughs> and then the credits roll and you can enjoy the amazing photos that were taken about their vacation <laughs> and it's it's okay. a good time of accomplishment and then of course it, it picks up right where you left off uh, with how yeah. many shine sprites you got you can keep playing like yeah you've beaten the game but Similarly to the way Mario games have worked in the past, you can keep redoing the final boss level as many times as you want. Yeah. Overall, so. it's uh, it's it's good, but it's it's weird. It's a weird <laughs> game, and I and I love it. Yeah, it's same here. I love it too. It's good, but it was weird. That's that's our very incredibly objective review of it right there. <laughs> um, it brought things in that no one asked for, but still enjoyed. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this game is almost like the Wii U. No one asked for it. It's very <laughs> no, quirky. And it's great. Don't you but... dare. <laughs> Wii U was a failure. This game was great. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. So we're almost done here. So I thought we a good way we could end it was there's only, there's only seven levels in this game, which I found surprising. Mm. So of these seven levels... How about, let's say, uh, what was your favorite one and why? And what was your least favorite and why? 
favorite one and why? Oh gosh. I think my favorite level in this game is Peanut Park because okay. it's like two parts. <laughs> two parks. No, that was stupid. Um, no, the front area, which has the beach, and then it goes into the park itself, which is almost like the second area. And yeah, yeah. there's bad guys and stuff, but it's a theme park. There's fun yeah. music. You can ride a roller coaster. You can do that mini game, and yeah. you can just enjoy the scenery. It feels like a little, a little uh, ex- exciting theme park, which is exactly what it is. So that's why I like it and why it's my favorite to keep going back to, just for fun. What yeah, about you? It is fun. Uh, I think probably my favorite would be Gelato Beach, just ah. because I, I love the tropical setting, and for the most part, there's nothing super difficult in it other than the sand bird uh-huh. um actually no there are some hard ones because you got to get that dang watermelon off the mountain yeah. without it breaking and that one's yeah. pretty tough but yeah, it is I, I just i love the atmosphere there and it's just it's nice to be in and i think a lot of mario games since then have well since this game in general have like nailed tropical settings mm-hmm. like they just the water the beach the sand like it's all it's all good yeah that would have to be a good close second for me. Gelato okay. Beach. I like that one too. That, that's a good answer. Now, my least favorite level has got to be Rico Harbor. Oh my gosh. Okay. Why? I do not like that level. Like, I don't know why. It seems too complicated. Most of it just takes place on a giant bunch of boats and wire grating and like um, scaffolding out in the harbor area. And yeah. it's a lot of climbing and a lot of falling into the sludge and just the atmosphere. It feels too industrial. It's not bright and cheery like other places. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't like that level for that reason. It's never been a go-to fun level for me. But I got to say, the, the blooper race is fun. That's the okay. fun part. Yeah. And it's fun to surf. Um, mm. I, I agree with a lot with, with what you're saying. I wouldn't say it's like not bright and fun it's still bright and fun but yeah uh but it's very unforgiving yeah okay unforgiving so there's a there's a lot of scaffolding platforming like you said Mm -hmm. and if you screw it up and you will because the higher you get then there's like wind trying to blow you down Mm -hmm. then you just you fall all the way back down the water and have to repeat it a lot and then there's even a part where you have to play as yoshi and you gotta Mm -hmm. like turn the fish into platforms as they jump out of the water and that yeah. platforming is super tough and again you fall into the water and then yoshi disappears so you got to go yeah. get a new yoshi and you're right i did not realize how much i didn't like this level <laughs> until you said it <laughs> there's only one place you can get fruit in that level it's the giant machine at the uh, entry area so right. yoshi runs out of fruit he gets dehydrated and keeping him alive in that regard is tough too yeah but what about you? Well, now I kind of feel like that level. But <laughs> mm, th- that's a tough question. I feel like I have the least memories with uh, Serena Beach. And I okay. know that dang ghostly manta ray is oh, gosh. hard yeah. and stutters your GameCube. It, the frame rate drops in that fight. Yeah, it does. Um, and yeah, I've I completely forgot. That's pro- I was stuck on that for a long time. That mm-hmm. darn fight. So I'd say that one. I I 
it doesn't stand out to me. So I have the least memories, and therefore it's probably my least favorite level okay. of the bunch. Fun fact, right. Serena Beach, from the top-down view, looks like a GameCube controller. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, the little uh, gazebos being the controllers kind of thing? Yeah, like the joysticks, and yeah, it's all it's all laid out just like the controller. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I'll have to check that out sometime. Now I have to go and buy this game again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you do. You really do. Holy you got to break in that sweet orange GameCube. Yeah, I do. Got to get a separate cord, and you know, maybe I'll do that today. I'll make a uh, trip because I've got a couple of yes. electronics to pick up anyway. So maybe I'll make another trip down to Osaka and lose myself in the giant mess of get- video game peripherals that I don't need. That's fine. You Stuff need like the stress release. You're right. I need to come back with something fun that I can play with on that new orange GameCube. But yeah, cool. So before we wrap it up. The Metacritic score back when this came out is that a mm. 92 out of 100, mm. which is impressive. So, looking back at it now after this conversation, uh, what do you think? 92, is that still fair for this game? I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair. <laughs> I just, as I brought this up, it's like I have, I have no comment here because I think that's great and this game was awesome. Yeah. Any higher or lower by a few points, I'd say it was would be great too, but... I don't think it would need to be any higher or lower okay. excessively. <laughs> it's a fun game, and I'm willing to play it again, as were you. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, sh- sh- do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. This has been a great talk, I think. But uh, let's go ahead and conclude with a lovely, my name's Jake. And my name's Cameron. And thank you for listening, everyone. Sayonara, minasan. Bye. And remember to follow us on Twitter. <laughs>